Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics right here on Blog Talk Radio. Michael Del Russi. Michael is an innovative individual. Uh, His ministry is all about optimal wellness, uh, and he's here with us tonight to share his wisdom on those and other topics. Greetings and welcome, Michael. Good evening, Hercules. It's a real pleasure to be with you on this stormy night. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) it is a very I was out teaching, and then I went to a, a meeting at uh, Borough Hall, so uh, mm-hmm. got, got very wet in the process. Yeah, this is a tough one. This is a tough night, and uh, I'm glad you made it safely. Uh, the same here. Has your power remained on? Many of the folks associated with the show uh, on both sides of the country experienced power outages and uh, uh, disrupted telephone service. I did not know that. Now, so far, we're hanging in there here in West Orange. Uh, we we usually are prone to power outages in the part of West Orange I live in, but so far, we're hanging on. <laughs> may, may continue to be so, because it. Uh, I lived in the uh, mountains of Pennsylvania for about a decade, and uh, we were very familiar <laughs> with power outages, so I wouldn't wish really? on anybody. Really? Yes. How long ago was that? Uh, that was uh, already half a decade has passed. So we, we were a decade in uh, Pennsylvania. Now we've been uh, half a decade back in uh, New Jersey. So the, the years wow. fly. It's like yesterday. It's yes. It's it's frightening sometimes. Yes, time goes by so quickly. Uh, I wanted to share, if I might, some sure. uh, training insights. Uh, we shared a little bit of that last time we were speaking. And uh, I thought that I might share some, perhaps what will be to at least some of your listeners, some fresh body sculpting and training techniques that they might like to utilize in their workouts. Uh, That'll be great. Before you do, uh, 
uh, I tried your um, holistic sets, mm-hmm. and uh, they're hard. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, balancing and getting your body to move in, in a new way, I found difficult, but uh, very invigorating. Um, I incorporated legs and uh, either arms or shoulder uh, exercises together, uh, and I tried right, different exactly. combinations. And some proved uh, easier to do than others, but uh, I'm still mm-hmm. playing with it. But I, I posted in my Mythic Physique group when I attempted it. Uh, this way, uh, when you visit it, you'll know what I what my experimentation has been. But thank you for sharing that. That was phenomenally effective. Well, I thought so. Uh, I you know I call them holistic sets. They're, they've also been called combination sets. But I've, I again, they're not really. Uh, they're not really uh, meant for uh, mass building, obviously, but for anaerobic as well as aerobic conditioning and body sculpting, I've come to find that they're very effective and uh, they certainly get the cardiovascular system up and working and stimulate yes. the entire metabolism. So I'm pretty excited about those. Uh, again, I call them holistic sets. Uh, you can use other terminology, but... Uh, I, again, for body sculpting, for creating that uh, look that we so much uh, admire and that we pursue, I think they certainly have a place. So I'm kind of excited about that one specific training technique. But again, you know, uh, to me, it's I think our bicameral thinking can be taken into the gym in terms of, and you might say, well, how so? Well, we know that for building a strong foundation, of course, we go to the basics, you know, utilizing the straight bar and uh, a, a compound movements, uh, the bent over row, the squat, the bench press. But then to move into ne- the next phase, creating, creating and designing a physique that we have envisioned, I think some of these techniques are called for, especially as we get older. And I have found myself uh, at this stage of my life uh, many of that, these techniques have proven effective in terms of uh, creating that separation uh, between right. the medial belt and the outer triceps. The high reps, uh, medium to high reps, can still be very effective in creating that look. And, you know, we know that it's been inspired by the Greek ideal, the peplum films, and the heroes mm-hmm. that gave us uh, such a such a, a, a an image uh, of physical as well as moral perfection to inspire to. So I have some reflections on some fresh training techniques that I would like to share, and that's certainly one of them, uh, the combination sets. So, I mean, what, 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 you know, in the old days, in the golden age, if you will, they used to talk about uh, what's more, what kind of training is more important, building size or building muscularity. But I think, I think with the 70s and moving into the 80s, uh, science began to tell us that we can do both. We can train both red and white muscle fibers literally in the same workout to create the physique that we're, we're seeking and looking for. Oh, I so, agree. Uh, uh, some of the, some of the uh, techniques that I, I, I kind of have found to be exciting and uh, hold lots of promise are range of motion, as an example. Uh, many trainers like Mike Menser, you may remember the Menser brothers, uh, they were proponents of the HIT uh, training, and they believed in a full range of motion. Uh, they did not 
believe much in partials or half reps. I have found that partials and half reps can be very effective in maintaining a pump. Yeah, yes. Have you used them uh, at all? Have you uh, engaged yeah, so in those? I, uh... When I used to use very heavy weights uh, when I was younger, I used to use uh, cheat sets and partial uh, um, mm. you know, reps uh, a lot. Uh, now right. I use I'm doing uh, any type of uh, um, like pyramid where I'm going like up and down a weight range. Uh, when I get to right. the heavier I'll sometimes use the partials just to push myself just a little bit more, a little bit more, you know, and I know it's not a perfect uh, um, set, you know, by range of motion, uh, but I right. reach, let's see if I can go a little bit further, a little bit further. So that's when I use them now. Mm-hmm. Yes. I found that too, especially I found like working biceps, uh, you know, doing half reps and one and a half rep technique is an example where you, you'll do a full range of motion, and then the next rep you'll do a partial. And I found especially, you know, in my case, I uh, have a short bicep belly, so I'm at a disadvantage. Uh, my biceps do not look as full as I would like them to look, and that's basically because my lower bicep is basically missing. That's a genetic, that's a genetic predisposition. There's really not too much you can do about that. Some feel uh-huh. you can change that. Uh, the jury is out as far as I'm concerned. Some feel you can build a fuller bicep with hammer curls. Uh, I don't know yet. The jury is still out. But uh, I, I believe in trying new things, and I think uh, hammer curls along with full reps and partial reps uh, might be effective in that area. Uh, as far as your biceps are concerned, do you have a full bicep belly, long bicep belly or a short bicep what have you confronted doing your bicep long, training as an example long bicep um what i used to long on what i'm doing now are, are very different uh things now i'm not focusing on very heavy um weights except uh, sporadically and uh what right. i'm doing i'm focusing on uh um good form and i'm using mm-hmm. what i learned during uh, the Charles Atlas uh, dynamic tension and in muscle right. control and in uh, isometrics mm-hmm. and isotonics, I've taken that mm-hmm. uh, uh, pressuring and I've learned that you don't even really need the weight <laughs> to do it. You can do it with your mind, you know, if you could remember what it felt like, the, the weight that you're, but I, I still use the weights as, uh, you know, uh, as props, but I use my mind more and more. And uh, what I do is I do uh, um, dumbbells. Because I have space mm-hmm. for dumbbells right now, I don't have uh, space for uh, barbell uh, set up, and uh, right. so I do dumbbells, and I'll do uh, two hands, uh, and I'll do uh, uh, alternating hands, and then I'll do leaning down over and uh, doing the curls uh, in that way. Uh, so those are the three basic movements uh, that I use. Um, lately, I've been uh, reading up on positions of flexion which is that each right. muscle goes from three different angles. So I'm mm-hmm. going to be experimenting with that uh, very soon. And mm-hmm. uh, um, also uh, the, uh, the bull worker, which uh, we had a conversation about, and now uh, I'm eager to try that again. So sometime early in 2020, uh, I'll be doing uh, a month or two where I'll be using the bull worker extensively uh, and then incorporating it like everything else into my you know, more fluid routine. I well, yes, you know, applying continuous tension 
uh, I think is invaluable uh, for maintaining constant stress on the muscle in one way or another. That's why yeah. I think partials are valuable. I do am very excited about the bulwarker. I think if you're looking to sculpt your physique, I think the bulwarker is a, is an invaluable tool. I mean, uh, after the first set, I'm really pumped, and I use both isotonic and isometric sets, and I have found it to be, uh, you know, the little portable tool that it is is invaluable for sculpting your physique, of course, along with diet and uh, and some cardio. So I think, yeah, the bulwarker can be a very valuable tool as you move forward in your progression in terms of your training. Uh in my own experience, as far as more the compound movements, I have found that deadlifts in my training life and lunges were not productive. And lunges had a very bad effect, adverse effect, if you will, on my knees. So, you know, in years and decades of experience, I personally would not recommend either one of those exercises. Now, I know the deadlift for some is held up as along with the bench press as the king of exercises. I found uh-huh. very little stimulation with the deadlift. Yes, the, the deadlift is, again, something in my past. I used to do deadlift. Um, mm-hmm. what about now, I don't, um, I don't want to take the risk of hurting my back because uh, I've right. done that in the past. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm just basically me walking around. Uh, so I'm not competing in anything. I, I never really competed in any bodybuilding contest. So I, I don't really see the, the point in it. I do deadlifts right. with the dumbbells um, whenever I do a leg workout. And then, then I do uh, something that's based on the uh, donkey, the, not the donkey squat, the uh, horse stance. Um, right. I do like a type exercise but with weights and then I do a wall sits you know where I lean against the wall and go down and then hold it at various uh, uh, positions um, right. and then I do with the lower back uh, um, I do you know basically deadlifts with uh, the dumbbells uh, with my knees uh, bent slightly so I don't put uh, too much pressure on my back well you know again that's uh, again that's why I say I, I feel we're moving into an and it's it's great that we're discussing these various training techniques because somebody somewhere out there in the audience may need this information. Someone who's experienced, it might be a younger person who's experienced some injuries doing the traditional straight bar compound movements and is looking for alternatives. So what you and I are sharing together uh, might certainly help some someone somewhere, yeah. a young trainee perhaps, someone who's getting into bodybuilding or physique sculpting. So the exercises you've just described, uh, that's a a prime example of applying creative mind to uh, training. And uh, I like like the dumbbell deadlift that you're describing as an example. Yeah, it's a a great thing. And uh, uh, because you can move uh, the angles of your shoulders a little bit, that also Mm -hmm. you can make exercise uh, as difficult or as uh, um, easy um, as you uh, care to. So sometimes when my lower uh, back is uh, aching a little bit, uh, just by uh, re-angling my shoulders, I'll be able to do the exercise in good form. But uh, Mm -hmm. a lot of pressure that would normally go on my lower back uh, gets distributed a little wider. So uh, you you learn tricks. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And those... Some of the techniques we're discussing 
can certainly be effective. And even into your later years, and as you get older, and I've, I've, this is another based on what I have learned in my own training life, I'm actually more cut now than I was in my 20s. And awesome. uh, while I've, I'm not a big guy, so, and I'm, not, I'm also a small-boned individual, so I never could acquire the power. I firmly believe, based on my own studies in physiology, that uh, bone structure also makes a difference. You know, yes. if you're a boxing fan, I don't know if you are, but I am. No. And I remember, as an example, George Foreman. We know George Foreman had that knockout power. But he would face opponents. As an example, he faced Ken Norton. Ken Norton was almost as big as he was as far as weight and height. And yet, when you saw them in the ring, somehow George was just more ominous looking. And he had those heavy wrists. And he had that heavy power and Ken Norton also had some power, but could not deal with the power and the force that George's punches uh, expressed. And I believe bone structure, heavy, dense bone structure, makes a difference in terms of what kind of power you're going to express in bodybuilding and lifting. And I never had that. I never had that. Now, that's a genetic factor. Uh, I don't think there's too much you can do with about that. I think weight training you will definitely make anyone stronger, but I think a bone density plays a big part in terms of strength. Have you noticed that in your training experience dealing with others and what have you? Uh, yes, I, I, I believe so because uh, people who have uh, thicker bones, you know, they'll, they'll be heavier, and uh, it. it it seems uh, that they'll have more uh, innate strength. Uh, strength is a, a blessing that anybody can have if they're willing to work for it. But like everything else in life, some people are born with predispositions towards something. And uh, even if they do nothing to cultivate it, it'll be there and serve them uh, well. Um, but uh, they, they don't develop if they don't uh, pursue it. If they do pursue it, somebody like Arnold, for instance, or Mike Menser, uh, right. they they become legends, you know, because they've taken the the gifts uh, that they were born with, uh, mm-hmm. the gifts of genetics or the gifts the gods gave them, and they 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 cultivate they find them, they identify them, they cultivate them, and then they uh, apply them. Um, exactly, it benefits everybody. Yeah, absolutely, and that's why it's great to, of course, study the basic foundations of weight training and and uh, building that mass as they did in the in the late 60s, the 70s, and late 50s. But then it comes comes a time, especially as we get older, we're looking for new ways to sculpt our bodies and take it to take them to the next level. The great thing about weight training, of course, is that you're never really done. I mean, uh, all things right. considered, taking everything into consideration, you can train into your 60s, 70s, and even beyond, yeah. and actually still make progress in terms of the total look of your physique. When uh, I was uh, more a presence at uh, Charles Atlas headquarters, uh, uh, I used to sit mm-hmm. at Charles Atlas's uh, desk, and I had uh, Mr. Roman's chair <laughs> when I was more active really? there in the office. Yeah, um, they uh, had a gentleman, I believe, it was in Florida, who was in his nineties. Uh, mm-hmm. And he was doing the, the Charles Atlas course. So he used to correspond. Uh, I believe the gentleman passed because I haven't heard any stories about him uh, recently. Uh, and I used mm-hmm. to hear stories about him quite a bit. So I, I need to inquire. 
but yeah, he was working out, uh, you know, or may still be working out you know, in his nineties. That's incredible. That's I, my father used to tell me the story of a little Jewish fella called. They used to call him the Mighty Adam. My uh-huh. father used to go to see him at the RKO in Newark and uh, uh, various other theaters. This guy, he was very much into the Charles Atlas method of training, the dynamic tension. He was more into that than actual weights. This gentleman used to take a quarter of an inch iron bar, put it up against his stomach, and bend it almost into a horseshoe. His name was the Mighty Adam. I forget what his real name was, but he was legendary in this area, and mostly he trains uh, with dynamic tension. And he was a little guy. He wasn't very big, but incredibly strong. It, it, it's a very good system. I use it as a foundation. Um, mm-hmm. when, like, I've stopped exercising for uh, a while, and I need to uh, uh, ease back into exercising. I'll start with uh, dynamic mm-hmm. tension. And uh, um, routinely, like anywhere from one to three times a year, because it's a long course. It's like 12 weeks. Um, from once to three times a year, I'll do the entire course, regardless of what I'm doing. Uh, it, it helps you focus on specific muscles and how they feel and how they should feel uh, when they're being targeted, when they're growing. So even if you decide not to uh, remain just with that, if you go to weights or to other types of resistance, you know what your muscle is supposed to feel like when you target it. So that's, a, that's an invaluable uh, piece of uh, information that it might otherwise take you years uh, to, uh, to figure out. And doing that course, you know, sets you on that path like from the beginning. Absolutely. And uh, there's a sensation of experiencing the, how your muscles react with the movements is, is invaluable and something that everyone should experience. I have the course. I have not gone through it yet, but I did order it. I did receive it. And I am excited to uh, uh, get a taste of it. Well, good. I'm glad. It, it, it is something, uh, um, you know, worth uh, doing. And uh, mm-hmm. everyone I know who has uh, tried it, uh, one of the good things about it, too, is that, uh, and again, I'm getting older, so uh, impact. You know, I try to reduce the amount of impact in my exercises. Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. And uh, Charles Atlas is uh, very much a, a low-impact or to-no-impact uh, type of uh a system, and also you need no equipment other than an occasional chair or two. So uh, right. you don't really need to go out and get weights or uh, cables or cords or um, devices of any uh, kind. Well, but I like you know, the, you, I, I'll be honest. I love the weights. I love the hand grips. I love right. the cables. I, I like playing with my exercise toys. <laughs> Well, you know something, and I can st- <laughs> I can still detect that excitement in your voice. You know, it's yeah. funny; it never leaves you. It never leaves you. I mean, you walk into your gym and you see your dumb your dumbbells lying there in your bench, yeah. and it's just it never leaves you. It's part of you. It's in your system. It's in your blood, uh, and you know it, it. The creative side of it can become very exciting. You know, trying the new techniques, the different modalities and sets and reps. And anyone who's never really experienced it uh, doesn't know. They don't understand the excitement of just attempting to get your body to that next level, that classical level, if you will, that has inspired us throughout the decades, whether you're a man or woman. 
No, you're correct. And my wife found the perfect incentive for getting me to straighten out the basement. Uh, go? She says, you know, if you straighten out the basement, maybe you could set up a gym like that in Pennsylvania. <laughs> that was enough for you, right? <laughs> that was enough for me. So now i got to figure out how to do it and where to put all the stuff that's there. But uh, that's a mm-hmm. perfect incentive. Uh, in Pennsylvania, half our basement was my gym. So I had uh, two benches. I had a leg press machine. Uh, and I had two of those, uh, um, like universal type machines that have the rectangular weights. Um, right. One was, uh, I think, uh, 200 pounds. The other one was up to 250 pounds or something, um, you know, for different, uh, exercises. So, uh, mm-hmm. uh that was great. I, I didn't have to go anywhere. We're in the middle of the mountains in the woods. Uh, and I could just go downstairs and, uh, you know, I had a full gym. I put up, uh, those inexpensive mirrors. Uh, all over the right, place. Right. Uh, a TV. So I used to play my uh, VHS tapes and DVDs of, you know, the the Peplum films. Uh, so oh my. Uh, it, it was a heaven of sorts. So uh, now there's a chance <laughs> to get in that back. Uh, <laughs> count me in. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And and we were so influenced and still are by those Peplum heroes and, and, and uh, yeah. the Greek ideal, if you will, that the gods passed down to us. Uh, and it never leaves you. Um, some of these uh, holistic uh, combination sets that I've been doing, uh, I have found very invigorating and experience a great pump, not only in the legs. Again, what's interesting is when you experience with these various training techniques and do a little research, you realize that unlike the golden age, and the golden age we know was a fantastic age, we now have the ability to uh, work uh, for endurance, cardio, and sculpt our muscles at the same time with some of these training techniques. Uh, I like to do the two-arm dumbbell curl with the squat. I've also mm-hmm. tried the side delt extension with the squat. And once you get into the motion, once you get into the rhythm, and as you said, it may feel all, you may experience some awkwardness at first, but once you get into the rhythm of some of these uh, movements, uh, you can really get get moving in terms of yeah. getting the uh, cardio system going and get a tremendous pump at the same time. So I think some of the benefits of these holistic sets are there's a, can be an intense aerobic effect, and you're stimulating red muscle fibers as well as white on some level because we know that the more reps you do, well, now you're building power. It's you know It's all the same thing. It's maintaining, reaching that certain level of stress on the muscle. So I have found that these holistic sets, and by no means uh, uh, that should be an exclusive training system, but I have found it to be really uh, um, an excellent way to uh, uh, introduce new stimulation into your workout. And I think health-wise, as far as your cardiovascular system, you're also benefiting. Oh, I I agree. And uh, variety is not only the spice of life, but your body gets used to whatever you do. Uh, and compensates for it. So after a while, whatever you're doing, no matter how effective it seems to be working, it'll stop working at some point in your plateau. So if you're continuously, Joe Weider used to call it confusing your body. You know, if you're continuously making your body adapt uh, to something different than something new, you continue to grow because your body doesn't know what you're going to throw at it. So it tries to anticipate the, uh, you know, the unexpected if you make it part of your uh, routine. And uh, 
Um, you also write about the uh, aerobic uh, aspects of it. Um, I know that except for my walking, I don't really get a lot of uh, aerobic uh, um, stimulation anymore. So doing those uh, um, holistic sets, that added uh, more aerobic activity you know, than I had budgeted for myself. And it was good because it was during my weightlifting time. Right. And I have found that, um, I don't know, I would say two sets into it, and my heart is already pumping pretty, pretty, pretty well. And it doesn't uh-huh. seem to matter really uh, how much weight I use. I've used, uh, I use 15-pound dumbbells. I've used, I've used 10-pound dumbbells. But as I rep it out, boy, it doesn't take too long for the cardiovascular system to respond. And I think at least at my age, uh, that's a benefit. So uh, I like them. I enjoy them. And I think they, they can, may help others too, even as far as uh, their total health is concerned. Oh, I agree. I, I've been experimenting with low uh, poundages, too. I have uh, uh, D-bells. They look like the letter D. And uh, you okay. them. I've seen them before. They look like what the ancient Greek athletes used to use to jump. So when I saw mm-hmm. them in uh, um, in uh, models, uh, you know, I had to pick mm-hmm. up a pair. And I like that, so I picked up another pair. I, I've done them with uh, the D-bells of 5-pound and 8-pound, which is what I have. Uh, and then I did it with uh, um, ten pound uh, kettlebells, and that's what I've been right. Using. I like kettlebells. Yeah, I like kettlebells. Um, I've been doing that for the um, holistic uh, sets, and that mm-hmm. seems to be fine. You know, and I'll just uh, um, work on uh, upping the numbers, uh, and then right. when it gets enough, um, I don't want to go too high because I have a long history of uh, shoulder injuries. No. So uh, yes. I don't want to use too heavy uh, a dumbbell right. when I'm, when I'm swinging it because I'm likely to injure my shoulder, and then I can work around that. But still, it, it disrupts my you know my routine. You know, uh, to have to compensate for an injured shoulder. Well, you know, I like some, some of the workouts that you've described on your various pages, which I found interesting and still find very interesting. I like the way you were, you they're very diverse. And they're short. They're more or less. It's, it appears that you're engaged, and I believe in this completely, in a hit training type of uh, sessions. A little bit here, a little bit there, which yeah. I, pers- I personally believe is the way to go uh, in terms of quality training. And it looks to me that that you're doing um, mostly hit training in your sessions. Yes, it is. Sometimes I'll, I'll have like 10 minutes. I'll exercise for those 10 minutes. I'll do, uh, you know, some uh, stretches. I'll add resistance uh, through uh, wrist weights and hand grips or the D weights mm-hmm. or, or something just to add some extra resistance. Uh, and uh, I always do things to remind me of what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. Those are all the Olympian things that I listed there that each, yes. each movement means something. And so it, it again, it drums into my mind that this is what I'm here to do and this is why I'm doing it. That's why I do it so often. Uh, then I might have like 20 minutes or half an hour, so uh, I'll fit in a weight workout or I'll combine them or, you know, uh, and then I try to finish my entire body within three or four days. Now, what's great about what you're doing, and I totally believe in that kind of training, uh, is intense intermittent training based on the studies right up until, um, up until this day. Uh, it, it, it appears that they re, the results are increased metabolic rate and uh, better release of fat stores and uh, de- decreased inflammation. 
improved insulin levels. I don't know if you've noticed that or not, but that's been noticed, uh, that's been realized in certain studies, and even reduced cortisol secretion. All of this mm-hmm. comes from the short, intense HIIT training, as opposed to training for an hour and exhausting yourself. And they have found that HIIT training is far more effective in all of these areas. So I certainly believe in it. I think uh, it's highly stimulating and highly motivating because you want to go back and do more as opposed right. to spending an exhausting hour and a half in the gym. You know, so I, I'm – and I, another aspect of, the, of your sessions, I've noticed, the, the mind plays a big role. Yes. Yes, I believe in exercising uh, the mind, the emotions, and the spirit uh, as mm-hmm. well as the- – the body so I meditate uh, twice a day um, mm-hmm. and uh, they're not nothing complicated I don't sit in any fa- fancy postures I lie down you know but I do uh, right. uh, belly breathing slowly until I get myself out for brainwave level and after you've done meditation for all you could, you know it doesn't take that long you know you can get there very quickly uh, and then I'll do visualizations and affirmations and, and things like uh, that for a while and that focuses me, and I find that like uh, twice a day for like 10, 20 minutes, uh, that will last you for most of the day. If you can fit in three, that'll last you all day. Um, mm-hmm. And you're able to be more centered and, and calm and focused. Um, so I, I believe in those uh, very much. Well, I'll tell you, uh, it's, it, I call it, and uh, I have to use this term, uh, you're training, you're definitely tra- you're training with integrated mind. And I'm going to label it bicameral training. So now we can apply bicameral thinking to our gym work because that's indeed what it is. You're utilizing both sides of the mind for a total development, body, mind, and spirit. And uh, as you pursue your physical ideal, uh, the techniques you're using, you're, there's less risk of injury. Uh, so I think we've entered a new age as, as far as body sculpting is concerned. It's no more, uh, well, it's either aerobic or it's anaerobic. We know we can uh, we can uh, utilize both training systems to get where we want to go. You know, we had Arthur Jones who pioneered the HIT, uh, HIT training, and then we had yeah. Kenneth Cooper. Remember Kenneth Cooper with his running program? And he said running is the only way to go. Well, we know that's... Not exactly true. That true. HIIT training has been shown of the two to be far more effective and far safer in terms of getting where you want to go physically, metabolic, metabolically, and otherwise. So what you're doing in cooperating multiple systems, that is indeed, uh, as far as I'm concerned, entering into a bicameral era of body sculpting and weight training. It's exciting. And uh, we will pursue the, the bicameral, uh, um, increasing people's understanding of the bicameral mind and how they could use it. Uh, that is a journey I am very much looking forward to taking with you in the near future. We're running out of time for tonight, and you've written two new books. You've written one on health and one on prayer. Uh, can you share mm-hmm. a little bit of information on uh, them and how people can uh, um, buy them? Yes, uh, uh, my uh, Creative Health Manual is available. It's only $3 a copy, a donation. Along with that, they will receive a laminated 8.5 by 11 poster of uh, the bicameral mind explaining the the different ways the hemisphere of the brain reacts to the uh, world around us. 
I think that's invaluable, and that will come along with the Creative Health Manual. My prayer manual is also only $3 per copy, and they can send check or money order to Michael Del Rossi, Box 129, Caldwell, New Jersey, and the zip is 07006. And I'll be glad, and I'll also, with those orders, uh, I will provide my phone number for free holistic counseling. Uh, as long as and extensive as it may be, uh, that's fine. And that comes along with any order. That is incredibly awesome, and uh, I enjoy your writings uh, very much and our conversations very, very much. And um, are you free later this evening from, uh, um, like, uh, 10, 20 to 11 o'clock? Uh, yes, I think I will be. I, I work nights. I start work at, uh, at uh, 12, so I'm, I may be till 11. Yeah, I can, I can do that. I can do that. Okay, if you can call in, I'm going to ask uh, Ryan also. Um, I'm planning the, tw- the direction for 2020, and I figure mm-hmm. we can have like, an open meeting, you know, transparency. You know, let's, let's share our ideas, uh, give our mm-hmm. audience a chance to um, listen, and they, they might have ideas to add. And this way, as I put the things together for the first half of the year, uh, we'll be able to have, uh, continue our current conversations, which are very valuable uh, but also uh, take our journey into bold new directions. Mm-hmm. So that would be about 1020. You would, uh, are you expecting my call? Am I correct? Yeah, I'm, I'm on with Ryan until 1020. And so oh. uh, five minutes for a song. Uh, so around, yeah, around that time until 11, stay as long as you can. Um, All right. And if you it's okay to be, our, our conversation is continuing. So we'll, we'll pick okay. up where we left off, whether it's tonight or another night. Michael, thank I will you certainly so much. do that. Many blessings. You're awesome, and I'll talk to you very soon. It was exciting, and thank you for sharing all of your wisdom. Uh, I enjoyed it. Ditto here. Uh, we are now going to go to a song. I got so lost in where we're talking about that I didn't key up the board, so <laughs> let me do that now. Um, the Raven King. That sounds interesting. Okay. Good night, Michael. Thanks again. Talk Good to night now. Okay. Bye bye.
and welcome to Voice of Olympus. Tonight is our optimal wellness show, and I am Hercules Invictus. I'm greatly honored to introduce Ryan Foley of Fury and Strength, whose segment will focus also on mythic fitness. Greetings and welcome, Ryan. Well, thank you very much for having me back on. I've been looking forward to speaking with you again. Me too. Uh, I've been greatly enjoying this ongoing conversation, and uh, I don't know if you heard uh, when I was talking to Michael, uh, but uh, the last part of the program, if you're free, uh, I'd love to hear your ideas on uh, where we should go in the future. (laughs) So I'll just put that on the table. If you can today, that's fine. We'll do it at another time. No, I think that's fine. I should be able to, to hang out a little later than usual. That should be fine. Okay, awesome. So how have you been, my friend? I've been doing really well. Uh, one of the things that I've been uh, very excited about uh, here within uh, starting it in the, the 1st of November, I decided to give myself a, a little bit of a gift uh, in that uh, I decided to join a, a second gym. Uh, now, awesome. uh, five years ago, for, for, uh, for your listeners uh, who may be listening to me here for the first time, uh, it was uh, five years ago, uh, roughly uh, uh, five years, four months ago. I started in, in June of 2014. I had just finally decided that it was time for a change, that I needed to do something to improve uh, my physical well-being. Just got, I didn't like the, the direction that my life was taking. And so it's, there are very few times where you can come along into your life and you can point to something and say, this is the watershed moment. This, this is the moment here where I decided to make a, a significant change in my life that was going to be for the better. Uh, but so for me, in, in June of 2014, uh, I, I walked into one of my uh, local gyms uh, in the city that I work uh, and decided to sign up for a membership. Uh, now, uh, unfortunately, the, the gym that I use, it's, it, it is a, a gym, but technically it's a wellness center, and it's located in, uh, in, in the Cherokee Clinic, that's part of the Cherokee Nation uh, in the city of Benita, Oklahoma. And so if you are a member of the Cherokee tribe or if if you have a family member that's a member of the Cherokee tribe, you basically can use that facility for absolutely free. Wow. The the Cherokees, yeah, it it is. It's it's an outstanding program, and I really wish that more people uh, in the Benita area and, and surrounding areas utilized it more. Uh, basically, the, the Cherokees went through and they started doing just it was it was simple math really on their part. Uh, they decided that they could go through and they could spend a little bit of money now, and it's it's kind of that uh, that old adage of how uh, you know an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So it, it's kind of one of those things where they said, hey, we'll go through, we'll invest a, a, a pittance of money really in, in the grand scheme of things. We're going to invest a little bit of money here now. Uh, our uh, tribe members can come in and use that facility, and that's going to keep them out of our hospitals and our clinics because they're going to they're going to ward off a, a lot of problems by going through and, and working out. Uh, but unfortunately, because of the way the setup is, and and uh, unfortunately with liability issues and things like that, uh, it's not a 24/7 facility. Uh, so mm-hmm. that that particular facility happens to be closed on the weekends. It's closed on holidays. Uh, and there are a lot of times where uh, in my in my nine to five job, basically, if the banks are closed, we're closed. Uh, so that limited my uh, amount of, uh, especially if you go through and, and you look at like you know the time off for Thanksgiving, the time off for Christmas, uh, things like that. It really uh, limited my ability to to get into the gym. 
Uh, so I decided mm-hmm. to gift myself uh, a membership into a local gym that I did have that I do have to pay for, uh, but it's uh, but it's uh, close to where I live uh, at home. And so as a result, I'm I'm now able to to work out on the weekends. I'm able to. I mean, I was working out on Thanksgiving uh, just because I could. Awesome. Uh, you know, uh, my, my son uh, works retail. Unfortunately, he's a, a slave to the corporate overlords uh, with Black Friday, and and so our Thanksgiving was was pushed a little bit. Uh, to, to accommodate him, because to me it's it's less about the day itself as it is uh-huh. to, to having that meal with with family and friends. For people you and, love, uh, yeah. And, and exactly, yeah. So so I didn't have anything to. So Thursday basically just became another day for me, except I had you know a couple extra you know uh, uh, football games there on the TV. Uh, so by going through and, and gifting myself this and and joining up to a second gym. Uh, it's allowed me to, to really expand and, and improve. And, and so this particular gym, it has a, a, a larger variety of equipment. So I'm able to go through and do exercises that I wasn't normally able to do uh, in, the, in the smaller facility, uh, my, my A facility, if you will. Uh, so, so it's allowed me to go through and, and really vary my workouts and, and add more stuff into my repertoire, which I really like. Uh, so, so that's been uh, so that's been a tremendous boon for me. And then also one of the things I'm a I'm a I'm a bit of a tech geek. I, I do absolutely love uh, technology. I'm a, I'm a huge fan uh-huh. of it. And so one of the things that I started doing is incorporating more tech into my workouts in order to try to, to maximize my results. And so what I found is that just by going through and adding in a few simple things here and there. Uh, I, I've been able to go through and, and make uh, some some uh, some large what I consider to be some fairly large strides. Uh, probably the most significant of those is that since November first, I'm officially down 12 pounds. So I'm I'm All really right. excited about that. That, that is significant. It, that is awesome. Thank thank you. It's, and now I I I don't know enough if uh, if I have the weakest link in my chain certainly is my diet. Uh, I'm the farthest thing from a, from a nutritionist, but it was the exact same way whenever I first got started back into weightlifting and, and, and bodybuilding. Uh, I didn't know a whole lot whenever I got started, you know, to begin with either. You know, so it was, so for me, it's, it's a lot of research. It's a lot of study. It's, it's, uh, uh, you know, extrapolating all these different theories. And so, uh, so by going through and adding, uh, as you hear it, uh, across everything out, everything has an app. There, there's an app for everything at this point. And so I thought, why not go ahead and incorporate a couple of apps into my workouts uh, in order to record my, uh, in order to record my successes and, and things like that. And I think that's a, a significant contributor to the benefits that, that I've gone through. So uh, uh, just a, a brief disclaimer here for, for all your listeners. Uh, I'm not paid. Uh, you know, by any uh, company to, to tell you what I have, uh, you know, what I'm using and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so this is just, this is what has worked for me. And yeah, I really like the idea of going through and, and coming on here and sharing my journey, both with you and with your listeners. So that way someone might be listening right now and, and they take inspiration from it. Uh, so yeah. The two apps is the, the two apps that I've been using is my fitness pal which is provided by Under Armour. And then I also went out and bought, uh, I bought myself a fitness tracker. 
so I just it was one that I got on Amazon. I'm a, I'm a single father uh, raising three kids, so like uh, and Christmas time is right around the the corner here. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not extremely wealthy. Uh, those Fitbits, my goodness, they're expensive, and and I know people love them, but so I went with kind of like a a, a, a more of a a sleeker, cheaper, uh, really, for lack of a better term. So I went for a cheaper version of, of a fitness tracker. But what I just needed, I really wanted to know my caloric burn. I really wanted to know how many calories I was actually burning whenever I'm going through and working out. Uh, one, just because I wanted to know how strenuous my workouts were. I wanted to keep my heart rate above a certain level so that way I can make sure that I'm maintaining my fat burning. And, and you know, because that's really, that's always been my goal is, is to try to get rid of, try to get rid of the fat, but then also uh, selfishly uh, by going through and figuring out my, uh, my TDEE, which is a code. And I'll try to not use a whole bunch of, you know, a gobbledygook and, and slang terms, uh, but, but the TDEE, that's, that's your total daily energy expenditure. So basically everyone's is different. And so you, but again, you can go to, you can just Google, uh, a TDEE calculator, and then you can go through and you punch in, you know, how tall you are and, and what your weight is and how old you are, your your gender. And if you do all that, it's going to tell you, okay, so this is the amount of calories that you need to maintain, uh, and this is the amount of calories that you need in order to cut. Uh, so uh, working off a 500-calorie deficit has basically what I've been doing. Uh, and, and so by doing that, uh, I, it's, uh, I go through and I start punching in, uh, it's got this really neat barcode scanner. Uh, so, it, uh-huh. and if you're like me and you eat kind of the same stuff every day, which I, I pretty much do, uh, it gets really easy to use. And so I'm able to go through and track my meals. I'm able to track my, my macros, my nutrients. Uh, I know how much you know, protein I've consumed and how much more I need to consume. And so just by going through and making those little changes, I suddenly started to figure out that not even so much what I should eat, but more importantly, what I shouldn't eat and how that goes through and affects uh, my numbers and things like that. Um, and from the beginning, one of the things I always wanted to do is, is I said, I wanted to lose weight. Uh, but at the same time, we've all seen a, a lot of those people out there who they go through and they drop a tremendous amount of weight and they, they kind of, and I'm, I, I don't mean want this to sound insulting because it's certainly not. Uh, but uh-huh. they, they kind of have a little bit of a, of a deflated balloon look, and, and people go, "Man, have you been sick? Are you all right?" Uh, and, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to go through and, and have that. So what I was trying, so what I'm attempting to do, uh, is arguably one of the hardest things that you can do, which is is to go through, and it's it's not just a simple calories in, calories out uh, uh, diet, because while you can do that and you will lose weight. I'm still attempting to preserve my muscle mass. You know, I, I want to keep my chest. I want to keep my shoulders. I just want to get rid of my, you know, my stomach uh, and, and, you know, and, and get that, get a, a leaner look. And so in order to do that, you have to eat and you have to eat constantly. And I mean, so if you're supposed to go through and try to take in anywhere from uh, a one to two grams of protein per pound of body weight, that means I'm attempting to ingest, you know, anywhere from 220 to 250 grams of protein in yes. a single sitting. And that's, boy, that's hard. I mean, that is it, ridiculously it seems, hard, yeah. It is. I mean, you're going through and it, it feels like you're chasing that protein, you know, all day. And, and also the other thing that you have to consider is that, 
you know, the human body can only metabolize so much protein in a single sitting. So you can't just sit down yeah. and go, I'm going to consume 100 grams of protein in, in a single sitting. It doesn't work like that. So in, instead, it's, it's, it's a, a, an average of around 10 grams per hour. So, uh, so as a result, and so you really don't want to do much more than about 30 grams in a, in a sitting for a meal because then it just kind of becomes spillover. Your body doesn't really know. It, it can't process all that protein fast right. enough. It's like the, the, the drain's not big enough to run all that water out of the, out of the tank, which means I'm eating constantly. I'm, I, I'm, I'm eating every couple of hours uh, to try to, to get that protein count. And even if I'm eating the leanest, cleanest protein on the planet, I mean, it's, it's so much chicken breast. I just so, yeah. so much chicken. Uh, you know, but by doing that, uh, you know, it's, it's almost impossible to get – uh, your calorie count down low enough because protein is so, uh, you know, uh, calorically dense. Uh, yeah. So this app has, has really helped me with that. And, w- and with that app, you can go through and you can, you know, you can, you can set your goals. So it's like, okay, I want to do this many calories and I want this percentage to be protein. I want this percentage to be fats and I want this percentage to be carbohydrates. And so I'm trying to limit my carbohydrates uh, just so that way, uh, my body, which it, it's sitting there starving, wanting that, those fuel reserves, be like, oh, man, he's still working out again, and, and he hasn't given us the carbohydrates that we need for energy. So what can we turn to in order to, to fuel the machine? And then your body goes, all right, turn to the fat. You know? And so we'll go through, we'll burn through that. And so th- uh, hopefully that's what gives you that, that leaner look. And so uh-huh. – uh, it, it was just that that so it's it's been two simple things, and then I'm just going through and, and making small subtle changes to my diet. I haven't gone you know extensively crazy. It's uh, I'm still allowed to do pizza once a week, you know, but I just uh-huh. kind of go through and, and plan around that, knowing okay, my sons and I we're, we're going to have pizza on on Friday, uh, so so I'll plan for that, and you know, I'll, I'll be a little lighter here, or I'll go a little harder in the gym here, so that way I can enjoy things, because I mean really at the end of the day. Uh, while I absolutely love this journey that, that I'm that I'm going on, and and I love sharing my stories, and, and I really hope that uh, you know your listeners can go through and go, oh, okay, well if this guy can do it, you know clearly it's obvious that it can be done, uh, and, and so I love that feeling. But at the same time, if you can't go through and enjoy life, uh, and and enjoy a nice meal every every now and again, as long as you're not going crazy, uh, you know, then what's the point of of all of it? Uh, and I will say right. that on Thanksgiving I did. I, I went absolutely crazy. I, I had all the dessert. Uh, I didn't care. You know, just that one day, you know, why not? And then it's back to the regiment, and you go through, and, and you have fun. Uh, so really out of those uh, – so just going through and making these little simple changes, uh, I've gone through and, and just seen a, a tremendous amount of results. And, and But also what I found – so there's a certain level of accountability that comes with it, you know, I mean, you can go through and you, um, uh, with that, with that app and you going through and you tracking all your stuff, it does, it does. And, uh, it, it, it gives you this, uh, this amount of, uh, you're paying attention more to, to what you're doing. And, and it's amazing how just a few little indulgences here and there can go through and, and kind of knock you a little bit off your game. Uh, you know, uh, the Hall of Fame, or uh, I'm fairly certain he's in the Hall of Fame, uh, or if he's not, he's going to be. Uh, but uh, head coach Jimmy Johnson of the Dallas Cowboys once said, mm-hmm. fatigue makes cowards of us all. And I understand exactly what he's talking about because at the start of the day, 
I can go through and I can be regimented. And when I'm at work, uh, you know, I've only got stuff there that I can eat that, you know, is, is, is part of the plan. But then as the day goes on and, you know, if, if you've had a rough day and, and you get, you know, home and you think, yo, I, I went really hard in the gym today and, uh, you know, and, and boy, the, the stress of, of, of life is kind of getting to you. Uh, it's easy to overindulge. It's, it's easy to go through and say, you know what, I, yeah. I think I deserve those cookies. And, you know, and, and instead of just eating two, I'm going to eat six. And, and, uh, and so what I've discovered is that I do have a bit of a problem in that, uh, food is a coping mechanism for me. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who suffer the exact same thing, and, and it's this uh, it's, it's this odd spiral that you can go down if you're not careful. Uh, I, I tend yeah. to eat whenever I'm lonely, and then I'll eat whenever I'm alone uh, because if people don't see you, those calories don't count. That's you know that's the, the what I tell myself. Uh, you know, or I've worked really hard, and so I, I deserve to have something like this. Uh, and, and so then as a result, uh, then I get a little doughier than, than I like to be. And so then that in turn uh, can, can invoke a, a bit of, you know, depressive feelings. And so then I feel sad. And so, well, then I'm just going to eat more. And so there are times where you have to kind of pay attention and realize what your weaknesses are and what those triggers are. So that way you can acknowledge them and say, okay, uh, I, I'm going to go in this different direction. And uh, so surprisingly, and uh, I know it sounds odd, uh, but yeah, but that app has gone through and it kind of helps banish that a little bit for me. It's given me more accountability. And so as a result, I'm going through and, and I'm making these changes and I'm, and I'm certainly seeing results. Uh, I can't guarantee that I will continue to see the, the, the level of results that I have over the last month and a half. Uh, but I'm certainly going to try, you know, and that's the most important thing is, is making that effort is to go through and, and to try to make those improvements um, and, and I think by doing that, but just, I know it sounds strange, but yeah, the accountability of that app has really kept me focused and it, it kept those, those loneliness feelings and those, de- and those depressive feelings away. Can you post the links to that app, uh, on, uh, the announcement for today's, uh, um, segment in this way, uh, it'll Absolutely. be there part of the record and uh, uh, people looking at that can, can follow the links. That sounds like a great app. Uh, I'm kind of suspicious of apps. So uh, I, I do the accountability thing by uh, recording what I'm doing uh, in different Facebook groups. And this way I'll make okay, a post. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, and I run behind on that sometimes, uh, you know, in terms of uh, posting things, but I try to do it uh, as often as I can. Sometimes I'm able to do it daily for uh, uh, long periods of time, but this way it's like a chronicle of my journey and, you know, what I encounter along the way, what I'm watching, what I'm reading. Um, and uh, I'm very excited too. Uh, I'm going to be starting a few things that'll add variety to uh, what I'm doing. One is that, uh, um, my wife uh, suggested that I would have space for a home gym uh, beyond the little corner of uh, dumbbells and things I currently have if I straighten out the basement where we have all the oh, storage. There you go. So that's incentive enough. So I'll be moving boxes and getting a workout uh, by doing them. And eventually I'll have like a home gym in Pennsylvania. I had a home gym that had uh, two weight machines, uh, a leg press machine, a squat rack, and two of those universal type of machines. And uh, right. you're talking about being on a budget. 
um, what do you call it? Just about everyone is on a budget. Uh, and what I found is that uh, going to Goodwills and to uh, Salvation Armies and other thrift stores, uh, especially if it's a machine that's been disassembled, like I got my leg press machine because they didn't know what it was. They got it for $5 because it looked like just a bunch <laughs> of metal pieces. But I recognized it right away and I went home, I built it. And I believe I needed a, like a screw and a bolt uh, that wasn't there, but everything else was there. And I had a leg press machine. And um, a lot of times people uh, order exercise equipment. Um, including uh, elect- electronics, uh, and then it just sits there collecting dust. So at some point they get it, rid of it. It becomes a coat it, hanger. Yeah. Yes, and there are things like free cycle in every uh, community uh, where people just want to get rid of their stuff, and they want they don't want to just uh, throw it away or give it to uh, a thrift store. They want to make sure that somebody who really cares about it gets it. You know. So sure. there are all sorts of resources like the ones that you mentioned uh, for folks who. Uh, um, are looking to, uh, um, you know, conserve their resources, but at the, at the same time not deprive themselves of uh, um, something that they need and something that could be a lifetime passion. Absolutely. You know, it's uh, it's funny. Uh, so you were mentioning uh, earlier about how uh, you're not always trusting of the apps, and, and I, I can certainly understand that. You have to wonder, uh, you know, it's uh, how accurate are they, things of, things of that nature. Uh, but what I will say is that so one of the things that I've been curious about uh, was basically my my strength rating. I, I always wondered, while I know it's not a competition, I've always wondered if you were to go through and you were to take 100 people uh, that are all uh, you know pretty close to my same age, where I would rank uh, you know strength wise. Uh, so okay, we're gonna we're gonna put you all, we're gonna rank you from one to 100. I often wondered where I was sitting at, and you know, it's from a, if, if I'm being like really honest in my assessment, uh, getting ready to turn 45, uh, you know, it's, how, how much stronger am I compared to, uh, you know, uh, 99 other people that, that are my that are my uh, age, and so realistically, I, I considered myself to be, you know, probably like a B minus. And so there are uh, certain uh, apps or uh, there are certain websites that you can go to uh, and you start punching in your information uh, and it will give you a strength rating as far as, as how well, uh, you know, where you rank amongst, you know, uh, uh, the, the lifters that are out there. And uh, whenever I went through and I first started doing these, these rankings, uh, I felt kind of bad because I was listed as, as intermediate in strength. Uh-huh. I think I was I was float, uh, floating around like a, if if you were giving it a grade, it was like a, a, a sixty five, and I was like, well, man, that's a yeah, that's a D in school. That's you know that's horrible. But then I started looking at how they they break down their numbers, and really, I mean, but their strength rating goes up to about one hundred and fifty, and you have to consider, okay, well, I mean, I, I can't remember. There's there's a stat that's out there, and it's something along the lines of like. Uh, you know, 80% of Americans don't get the amount of, uh, of exercise that we require. And so uh, how many of those people can even go through and squat their own body weight? And so if 80% of the people don't get the exercise that they need, then there's probably 80% of those people that can't squat their own body weight. So if I can right. squat my own body weight, okay, well, so I'm, I'm doing better than 80% of those people. And so, all right, so that, that feels more like a B. Uh, but so the the website where you could go through and you could do the the ranking of your, your strength assessment uh, because of the way their algorithm was set up, 
the most that you could do was 10 reps. So you go through and you say, okay, I can bench press this, uh, this amount of weight for 10 times. But uh, as we've talked about in the past, my goal is not necessarily for brute strength. I don't need uh, a massive amount of strength here. What I'm trying to go for is more of, of an aesthetic look. And mm-hmm. so instead what I use is low weight and high reps. And so, uh, but then there are other websites that are out there that will actually do a one rep max calculator. And so basically you go through and you say, okay, I can do this amount of weight for this many reps. And it'll generate a a pretty accurate representation of what your one rep max is. Uh, For your listeners out there, I don't advocate doing one rep maxes. Uh, simply because uh, the, the risk of injury is, is much higher. So to Very me, high, it's yeah. more impressive. If you can lift that weight five times uh, and, and you can do the estimates, and you know, it's probably going to be pretty accurate. So what I found was, okay, so I've got this one website that only, that only has the information for up to 10 reps, but then I'll go over here, and they can basically calculate it almost to an unlimited number of reps. And what I found is that when I started punching in the numbers, they started crossing each other, and they were real, they were hyper close. So whatever formula that they've done to calculate this one rep max, it's it's all based upon math. So now instead, I can go back over here. I can go back to my regular style of workout, and I can say, well, okay, well, how many times can I get this, you know, lift up twenty? And it's going to give you that one rep max. So it, it's a lot of borrowing back and forth. Uh, you know, amongst these different websites, but the, 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 the numbers there can't be denied. And so what these apps do, whenever you go through and you start uh, uh, cataloging your food, is you can go through, it's got a UPC scanner, so you can literally uh-huh. go through, find it, it goes to the database, it knows the protein, it knows, it knows the protein count, it knows the nutrients, it knows all that sort of stuff, so that allows you to calculate your totals uh, that much easier, and then you can just so it's you go through, you do the beep, uh, it reads the UPC code, and it makes it tremendously easy. And so uh, that's where I do think that their numbers are pretty solid. Uh, and then based upon the the improvements that I've made here in the last uh, uh, six weeks, uh, I think they definitely know what they're talking about. Wow! Can you post uh, that a link to that site as well? Uh, for the comparison? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, I certainly can. Yeah, there's a wealth of information in your approach of mixing technology with uh, um, the uh, bodybuilding uh, is certainly a, a sound one. I know in my primitive way, um, uh, YouTube videos have proven phenomenally invaluable. And now I'm finding that I'm doing, uh, I'm getting my information from there more often than uh uh, the articles I would read, whether in print or online, uh, before then, uh, it's like they had anything you could think of, you could find a YouTube video for it. And you know, it's it's funny. That, so I was just speaking with a friend of mine today, and they were suggesting uh, that I go through and, and I write all this down. Uh, and I am yeah. certainly entertaining that notion, where uh, this uh, this could certainly be a book there. Uh, but it would be, but one of the things I was talking about is that in the, in the digital age now, it's so much easier and better for you to go through and learn how to do a squat, uh, how to do a bench press, 
through a visual medium like YouTube. It's, I mean, just the, the wealth of information that we have available now, uh, that, that's going to go through and, and make a book almost uh, obsolete in a way. Uh, so they can, because they can cover a lot more, and then if if you don't understand it, uh, you, you know, go back and do a rewind, you know, and and see what they're going through. But if I were going to do and do something like that, the the way I described it to my friend was, um, years ago I read this absolutely fantastic book uh, called Dirty Jokes and Beer uh, by Drew Carey, and uh, it, it was it was a phenomenal read because as you were sitting there and you were listening. Uh, or in reading his book, you could hear his voice in your head because of the way that they had the, the, the narrative of the book laid out. Um, uh-huh. And so I always said, it, yeah, if I were to do a book, it'd be the exact same way. It'd be not too different from the conversations that you and I are having, where it's we're going to go through and, and we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about this, we're going to talk about that, and I'm going to explain to you why you should do this. Uh, because there was there's there's a story there's a legend of uh, of a, a general that Washington brought over during the Revolutionary War. Uh, I, I believe he was from Hungary or from one of those Eastern Bloc nations, uh, and he said, you know, American troops are very different from European troops in that the European troops you tell them to do something and they do it. Uh, you go to the American troops and they say, and you say, I want you to do this. And the American troops say, why? Then you explain mm. to them, okay, this is, this is why we're going to do it. And then the American troops actually do it better than the European troops because they understand this is why we're doing this. So it's easy for me to come along and say, okay, you're going to do a bench press, and then you're going to do a seated cable row. Go do it. And you'd be like, well, why do I do this? But then if I explain to you, okay, because we're trying to get that, that full range of motion, we're trying to build muscle symmetry, and so you've got to build your back if you want to build your chest. And by doing that back and forth motion, you're going to get that full range. And so as a result, you're going to develop muscle symmetry. And so then people, oh, okay, yeah, I kind of think this guy understands what he's talking about, so I'm going to follow his advice a, a little bit better. And so this is something that I'm contemplating is going through and putting this down. Uh, but I am still working on my fictional novel, and I really uh-huh. want that before I, before I jump in, into into another project. But that would be a really nice palate cleanser, you know, to, to go through, uh, finish my, my fictional book, let that sit for a little bit, go right on, on this type of book to kind of get myself out of the headspace that I had to get into uh, to cover that fictional novel and then just come back and, and, uh, and then swap out between the two. So that is something that I'm definitely considering. And it's been your uh, allowing me to come on here and tell my story to the people uh, where it's, I, I'm not going to teach you how to do a bench press because there are a bunch of people out there that are much more qualified than I am that will have access to a YouTube video or a YouTube channel uh, that can explain it a lot better than I can. But one of the things that I would you know, stress through the book is the, the, the topics that we've talked about here in the past about how, you know, yeah, it's going to improve you physically, but it's also going to improve you mentally and emotionally. And it's going to, it's going to, it's going to pump up your intelligence because you're doing your study. Yeah. When you go through, and you're watching those YouTube videos, or you're reading your books, or you're, you know, you're, uh, you're incorporating math and apps and stuff like that. And that's going to get all those neurons firing, and it's improving you. I mean, really, just across the board. And so, to, to me, that's what I've always tried to stress to, to all your listeners that are on here. While the physical ramifications 
are, are the physical benefits that come from working out are absolutely fantastic and they're, they're great and I love them. Uh, but it's, it's really, it's about improving you as a human being. It makes you more compassionate as a human being. And I think that that's something that we need in, in this world. I mean, really more than ever is, is more compassionate people. And, and I understand shifting over to this second gym, suddenly I went from being where there were guys out there that are a heck of a lot stronger than me. And boy, their, their, uh, their BMI and, and their, their, their fat levels are a lot lower than mine. So it's like, oh, man, I, I kind of got to work harder to, to to match these guys, you know, because I, I don't look like they do. And so I can see how for someone who's just walking in for the first time, they're going to be intimidated. They're going to be – and they may end up not even going just because they don't look like everyone else that that is there. And so I, I acknowledge the amount of stress that you can put on yourself – because you don't look like you belong there. But that's where I go back to that old adage of, you know, making fun of someone who's overweight when they're at the gym is like making fun of a homeless person at a job fair. They're exactly where they need to be, and they need that type of encouragement from someone like me who knows the struggles that you're going through. And, man, I I know how, you know, you may be embarrassed. You may feel like you don't fit in but everyone has to start somewhere. And so this is my, it's, it's kind of my mission. You know, I feel like I need to reach back to help those people, which goes back to the greatest bodybuilder of all time. Uh, in my opinion, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. And yes. one of his six rules of success is give something back. And so this right. is my way of, of giving back to someone and saying, Hey, you know, I, I know how hard it's been, but here's my hand come on up because uh, I want you to learn. I want you to, to learn faster than I did. I want your results to come faster than mine did because I had to learn all this through trial and error. And so skip all the trial and error and just do this. And you know, your, your journey is going to go a heck of a lot smoother than mine did. And that is a perfect uh, segue into our next uh, segment. Um, so we're going to take a brief break. We're going to listen to um, Cauldron Born, which is around seven minutes long. So we have a seven-minute break, and then we'll be back with Ryan Foley and with Michael Del Russi. And we are going to uh, pick up where Ryan uh, left us because it is all about giving back. It is all about sharing. It is all about uh, uh, being kind and compassionate. And that's what we're going to talk about. So hope to um, have you all back then. Talk to you right. in a few I'll minutes, go. Ryan. Okay. Of womb and tomb and standing 
his room. He calls to the powers of earth, sea and sky, of dragon and fairy and shades of the night. He calls to his ancestors of blood and bone, of the cauldron's brew and magic she will give to you. You will dance in the eye of the storm, your Keridwen's children, the cauldron born. A charm of silver, the gypsy said when he was just For patterns and looking for signs Your life a construction One day you will see Through the illusion And into the dream Lady, stir your cauldron well Chant your words And sing your spells Deep within this darkened hall Hear the goddess Of the cauldron's brew and magic she will give to you. You will dance in the eye of the storm, your Keridwen's children, the cauldron born. And sing your spell Deep 
So it really does encourage people who might otherwise feel discouraged, as Ryan was saying, you know, to persist. That, hey, I had the same problem. I, too, struggle with my diet. You know, or I, too, uh, get overwhelmed with things. And before you know it, it's like a month later and I have an exercise. Uh, so those are common uh, problems. And one of the um, things that uh, we find in our culture is that even though our problems are common and they're discussed everywhere, we feel very much alone in our experience of uh, these uh, challenges that uh, we face uh, because we're alive. So um, I'm phenomenally happy with the work that we've done so far. So the question I'd like to pose to both of you, because uh, I respect your thoughts and you're very creative and you have good ideas, is uh, in terms of this part of our journey, where would you like to uh, take it, you know, in terms of uh, physical, because we're also going to be touching about mental and spiritual and, you know, all the different facets of, you know, what is well-being, what is wellness uh, for an individual and for the society uh, around them. And that's where all these shows are building up eventually, you know, eventually there'll be like different facets of the same gem, you know, to, to find your talent, your God-given gift, uh, uh, your genetic potential, whatever you want to call it, uh, to cultivate it within yourself, and then to take that and to uh, use it partially to the benefit of your society, you know, and that could be defined as your immediate household or the planet, you know, you could define it in any way you like, uh, as long as you're using it, you know, to help not only yourself, but, but other uh, people as well. Uh, so um, I will pass the, the talking stick over to Michael, um, and uh, we'll start there. Well, thank you, Hercules. Well, I think uh, for my generation anyway, we grew up in a, a world during a wonderful time uh, when even in school the myths and what have you were explored in a very aggressive way and presented sometimes in, in term, oh, right along with history. And uh, I know me and my uh, uh, friends, and uh, we used to hang around, and, and when we first got into the barbells and the dumbbells and what have you, this was like uh, these were a, you know a physical ideal to pursue. It was a, a healthy image, and it wasn't just the physical. It was what we learned in terms of the gods interacting with man. And you just described it earlier. I think the great thing about the classical myths uh, in relation to the monotheistic gods, if you will, in Christianity and Judaism, what's interesting about the myths is the gods more closely interacted with humans and even were engaged in some fallible behavior, if you will, some negative behavior. There was jealousy, there was vengeance, but then there was also goodness and kindness and blessings. So what was so fascinating about the myths was we can relate more closely with the divine in terms of, well, they were subject to some of the same feelings and emotions that we were. So while we were uh, awed by the physical ideal, uh, if you will, the physical ideal that they presented, we also related to some, somewhat to their behavior and some of the challenges. They intersected very closely to uh, uh, mortal man, if you will. And I, I think that was very interesting and fascinating growing up and being uh, exposed to the myths. Well, thank you, and that that uh, you know does bring up a point. You know, maybe we should uh, um, you know focus cases on making the myths more, uh, um, I guess, relevant 
uh, you know, to people uh, today. Have you had a chance to read Ryan's graphic novels? I have not, but I'd love to. I mean, oh. I, it, I, I haven't, but I'd, I'd love to be exposed to them, absolutely. Yeah, Ryan did an excellent job of humanizing the, the myths and showing how mm-hmm. these timeless tales are uh, very, very relevant uh, you know, to our lives individually and collectively uh, in the here and now. Um, and with that, I will pass the stick to uh, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, so to, to expand upon uh, what you all are talking about, uh, so uh, back in the day whenever Schwarzenegger was first coming in to the, to the movie scene, uh, one of the things that you know, they, they told him was, you know, your name is unpronounceable, you have this big, huge, monstrous body, uh, there's no way that, you know, that you'll, you'll never make it in film. And, and then it was John Milius who said, uh, whenever they were casting for Conan the Barbarian, he said, "Thank God for Arnold Schwarzenegger, because if we didn't have uh, if we didn't have Arnold, we would have had to build uh, a Conan in, in order to to portray this character on the screen." Uh, and so, in his book, Schwarzenegger talked about you know back in the day, uh, you know back then, you know the, uh, uh, Dustin Hoffman would have been considered you know the, the big sex symbol at the time. Uh, and, and now we've started to see a shift. Uh, so, so starting in the 80s, you know, we started to see more of the, the Schwarzeneggers, the, the Stallones, uh, the Chuck Norris's, uh, things like things, uh, actors of, of that nature. Uh, today, uh, we have The Rock, uh, who's probably, you know, one of the, the biggest uh, movie stars on the planet right now. Uh, and then you have the, the whole cast of characters, basically, uh, of actors that have transformed themselves to fill the role of the modern-day mythology. And I, I still contend that the modern-day mythology uh, is, is now comic books. It, 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 are, yeah. it is these comic book superheroes uh, now, I think, are the, the most uh, accurate translation that's shifting over from the ancient myths to the myths of, of today. And so you see so many of these actors, the, the Chris Hemsworth, the, you know, the, the Chris Evans, these guys that get in just a tremendous physical shape uh, in, in order to play these roles that uh, Henry Cavill uh, playing Superman and, uh, and Gerald in the, in the upcoming Witcher show. And then even you don't have to look too far. Uh, uh, Hercules, I know you've been uh, uh, binge watching uh, the Spartacus series. Yeah, and my goodness, those boys look like they're you know carved from marble, and so it's just it's amazing to me the amount of physical inspiration that you see these days uh, to, to draw from. And so uh, I'm more than happy to delve more uh, uh, back into into the comic book. I, I I always like to to bring you know situations back to that. But then also what I've found is that we've, we've pretty much got a, a wealth of knowledge here that we can share uh, simply because, uh, because of the law of diminishing returns. If you go through and you just do the same workout over and over again, uh, you're not going to see the amount of, uh, of improvement that you see whenever you're first getting started. And so every eight weeks, every 12 weeks, you should really be going through and changing uh, your workout uh, styles just so that way you can kind of shock those muscles into, into uh, greater growth. So I'm more than happy to go through it. it to me, this is very much a science. I know a lot of people, mm-hmm. think they, they look at, at bodybuilding, oh, just picking up heavy weight and putting it back down. 
no, there's there's a massive amount of science to it. So much so that I didn't realize how much science really went into it until I started getting into it myself and then doing the reading and doing the research. Uh, so I'm more than happy to go through and uh, to, to give us more talking points uh, to go through and start experimenting with different workouts uh, and then relaying that information back to your listeners. Oh, that, that would be awesome. And uh, um, the other person who's part of uh, this journey, but I couldn't get him tonight is uh, Bill Hinburn. And uh, he has a company called Super Strength uh, Training uh, that has preserved a lot of uh, um, the lore from the early days of uh, you know physical culture in the uh, sword and sandal films. Um, so uh, he believes, as you both verbalized and as I verbalized, that you need to change, you need to evolve, you need to grow, uh, you need to uh, experiment. Uh, so, uh, yes, definitely, that, that is a message that we should reinforce uh, over and over again. And I know I've made many uh, tragic mistakes that affected me profoundly in my, uh, my quest for optimal uh, wellness, and I'll share one now um, as a cautionary tale. Um, I had uh, I'd been working out when I was in Pennsylvania, and uh, I, you know, I'd gotten very muscular and big, and uh, um, I was really happy with it, but I wanted to attain to the size of some of the legends, like uh, uh, Reg Park. Um, and so I started reading, what did he do before steroids? What did anybody do before steroids? And the advice, um, after tons of reading, the, the one that was consistent and seemed the healthiest uh, was consume a gallon of milk a day. And a bunch of citrus fruit. <laughs> so I was lactose intolerant, so it took me a good year to be able to tolerate drinking a gallon of milk a day. But finally, uh, you know, I was able to do it. And I was eating like six uh, huge oranges a day. And for a while, the results were amazing. Um, I, I was really happy with the results uh, until the day when I started falling downstairs. And uh, I believe that uh, this consumption of sugar, you know, through the milk and through the citrus fruit daily for like a year plus um, overloaded my system and helped me develop diabetes. Okay. So, yeah, so I was, I was following advice that I consider good, um, and it led me you know, to a place uh, where it wasn't so good after all. So then I had to recover from that. And, you know, try other things. Then I, I uh, um, you know, again, you try different things. You learn from your failures. You learn from your successes. And then even if you find something that works, it might not work always. So you know that you need to, you need to change it. So that is the nature of the journey. And as long as we learn something from our missteps, uh, it's not wasted for ourselves or to the people that we shared with. So it isn't a journey of, uh, um, you know, of, uh, quickly attaining perfection. It's an adventure. It's a, it's a challenge, you know, and uh, each of us uh, um, share passion for certain things and we're meeting the challenge in similar yet different ways. And that has value because, um, you know, something um, Michael says might not inspire somebody, but something uh, um, Ryan says might, or, you know, you hear the different voices uh, giving you this information in different ways and added to everybody's individual experience, there's a wealth uh, coming out. And I think uh, in answer to uh, what you said, um, I think one of the things we could, we could do to preserve that wealth, somebody needs to show me how to do simple editing. 
but once I learn how to do that, and I'm told it's simple, but I just, my learning curve is somebody needs to actually handhold me a few times. Then once I get it, then I'm fine. Um, so if somebody can do that, and I have a few people to walk her to, um, I'm intend on taking these segments and then putting them on YouTube with like a few images. And this sure. way they'll reach more people. And I've already given permission to people who know how to do that to take the segments and put them on their website or wherever, and then just, you know, link back to the show. Um, this way people want to listen to the, the raw episodes. Um, so if you guys know how to do simple editing, you're welcome to do that now to take your segments and, you know, put them on your websites or anywhere you'd like. And this way uh, people can have access to them. Uh, and also you uh, spoke about books, uh, Ryan, um, there's transcription software that would allow you, you know, and you would know more about this than I ever will, like with the apps and things that allows you to, to turn um, words spoken into words uh, printed. Where they the, can be uh, edited the, issue that, the, the issue that I've come across with that, I know it's, it's weird. Uh, I do have a pretty fast typing rate, uh, and I okay. have used a little bit of dictation software in the past, but unfortunately, I can't think fast enough to to dictate. Uh, I okay. end up sitting there going, uh, uh, and, and I can't think of the next thing to say, whereas, so I, I can think faster <clears throat> than I can type, but I can't. But I can't think fast enough to dictate, if, if that makes sense. Uh, it makes, uh, I don't it know makes if I'm perfect sense. No, it makes perfect sense. I, I, I run into the same thing uh, when I'm talking and then when I'm trying to take what I just said and, and turn it into words. Um, but you've already said these things on the show. So you could just transcribe uh, um, what you've already said. And it's already arranged in categories and things. So um, Sure, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I think uh, uh, basically, okay, so uh, uh, I, I believe it was Willie Sutton uh, was a famous bank robber, and they asked him, you know, why did he rob banks? And uh, Sutton said, because, well, that's where the money is. And so <laughs> I think if, if you want the, the grand exposure, uh, YouTube is where everything is. And I think if you could go through and you could import these shows uh, to make them available both here and to make them to where uh, if you were to put them on that giant repository of YouTube uh, where people could reference it quite easily and, and not need you know, uh, special players or anything like that, I think that'd be fantastic. Unfortunately, that's not my area of expertise. I looked into it a, a little bit, just enough to go, yeah, I don't understand what's going on. Uh, but I'm sure that there are more people out there that would be, be able to help you with something like that. But, yeah, I think uh, uh, putting these things up on YouTube would be a, a wonderful benefit for the show. Um, Michael, what do you think? Well, I uh, I wanted to go back to the diet you were describing that you would hear to in your younger days. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Rio Blair really pioneered that diet, and a lot of many of the top stars did adhere to it, like Vince Gironda, I'm sure you yeah. remember him, and some of the others, which was basically a lot of milk. It was a high fat, heavy cream, and uh, low carb. And, yeah, a lot of guys did get, gain tremendous size, but they had a hard time cutting up. You know, that was those were the days where you bulked up 10, 15, 20 pounds, then you cut up. But the bodybuilding diet today uh, basically is more egg whites and chicken and turkey 
fish, lean red meat, uh, slow-burning carbs. Uh, so when you compare the body, bodybuilding diet of today with the bodybuilding diet of those days, you can see how we've progressed uh, and it's for the better. Uh, but yes, in those days, the diet you described, that's what they were basically adhering to. And this gentleman by the name of Rio Blair, I believe his products are still out there. Uh, he passed away. He was mainly responsible for that, uh, you know, that uh, uh, bulk enhancing diet, if you will. Thank you. Yes, uh, th- those were some of the names that uh, I came across when I uh, first researched it and then uh, uh, attempted it. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, both through your dietary advice, uh, um, have expanded our views and our horizons in that uh, area. And that is something I want to spend more time on in uh, in 2020 because it is very important. Mm-hmm. And um, some people mm-hmm. say that diet is the biggest uh, uh, part of the battle to get uh, uh, the optimal physique, the physique that uh, you know we're, we're trying to create through uh, all our actions. Well, now, Larry I, Scott always said diet was about 80% of it. And yeah. he was probably right. So what I've been told is that, yes, it's impossible to outrun a bad diet. Uh, and, and unfortunately, a diet is the one area that I do feel like I'm the weakest in. So uh, I'm, I'm more than happy to, to learn and process uh, and from uh, all different sources to, to figure out which works out best for me. Now, if I can ask quickly, how can I obtain some of your um, graphic novels? It's been a long time since I've read one. I've been out of the loop, so to speak. But I would love to, uh, you know, uh, get some and see what it's all about. How would I be able to do that? Uh, Amazon.com is the absolute best way. I know that there are uh, there are some sites where you can go through and buy them directly from the publisher, but I feel that mm-hmm. Amazon.com is, is the absolute easiest way. No, I would certainly do that. It's been a long time, and I've always loved the comics and grabbed my inspiration, of course, was – the mighty Thor. I understand there's a new Thor comic in the works uh, that's yeah. going to debut soon. Uh, I've I've seen various covers of it, and of course the Hulk and a lot of the strength heroes. Uh, but I'd love to uh, read some of your work, uh, so I'm going to do that. That sounds great. Um, I have reviewed uh, Ryan's work, so I'll send you links to that, Michael. And so you you know you that know would be great. Book. That would be great. I believe I have the ordering information there uh, uh, all set up. And uh, talking about uh, that uh, for both of you, because uh, you're an author too, uh, Michael, I would like to better promote your works as well. So um, I know uh, when Ryan met me, it was through doing a review of his uh, graphic novels. Um, mm-hmm. And I started doing uh, reviews again, um, mm-hmm. most because uh, magazines I used to write for are asking me for stuff, and I, I'm focused on writing my own stuff now, so I haven't been doing the reviews, but I would like to uh, um, give something to these magazines uh, again. So reviews um, are something that uh, I enjoy doing. Um, so I'm going to start doing reviews again. I started already with uh, Mythic Games. Right, and that was very. I loved your uh, review of the Sons of Hercules games. That was so nostalgic for me. I have to tell you, that was tremendous. Well, you don't live that far away, so one day when we get together, we'll. we'll, I'll bring a board game. We'll play a a game of uh, Sons of Hercules by Milton Bradley. (laughs) 
I didn't even know that game existed till I heard your reviews. I, I was so thrilled. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know until um, my friend gave it to me as a present. It's like, whoa, this, uh-huh. this is cool. Um, Unbelievable. So I, I'm going to basically start uh, by uh, um, repeating uh, the reviews I've already written. But um, I know that there will be like a review of Ryan's uh, books, uh, one a week Mm -hmm. uh, for a while. And uh, um, the two pieces of your writing that I have, I'll put uh, together some reviews for that. And this one, promoting you better through uh, what uh, we're doing. Uh, Well, you've done done a wonderful job for me just by what you're doing. And I do appreciate it. I've just seen the link now. And I'm excited to get into this. I've been out of the loop, as I said, with graphic novels and all for a while, and I'm excited. I just received the link for Ryan's books, and I'm definitely going to order them. Well, good deal. I I hope that you enjoy – I hope you enjoy reading them as as much as I did writing them. I just – the only complaint that I have with the the series that I wish it could have gone on longer. Me too. Well, it, it looks very interesting to me, and I can't wait to get into it. It's, it's been a while. He started to world build, to build a, a larger universe uh, in his mm-hmm. stories, common elements. And, uh, um, you know, and that was very exciting to watch that develop uh, over a handful of uh, titles. Uh, and they mm-hmm. cut it off before that had a chance uh, to happen. Does he do the work? Do you do the work, uh, artwork also? Or uh, is... No, I, I'm, I'm just the writer. I, I, I started out initially wanting to be a, a comic book artist and, and learned very mm-hmm. quickly uh, that my skills mm-hmm. were just not going to be there. But I do feel that I approach it uh, with a certain artist's mind. Uh, so I, mm-hmm. I try to take the, the artist into account uh, very much so whenever I go through and, and I'm writing my scripts. Uh, but really, that's uh, writing is where I, I really flourish. So it's uh, uh, so I just do the, the 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 scenes, the dialogue, the sound effects, things like that. But yeah, all the art I leave to the the true professional. Well, you know what? Uh, with graphic novel, novels or any other writing, words create pictures. Uh, I basically did the writing myself. My brother was an artist. I'd like you to see some of his work, Sam Del Rossi, Facebook. He didn't do comic work. He just did airbrush of uh, multiverses and uh, cosmic stuff, and uh, it was quite impressive. Uh, but I'm like you. I did mostly the writing most of our lives when we collaborated. And listen, a good writer creates landscapes. So I'm sure uh, you're great at what you do because you've been doing it a while. So I'm very interested to see what it's all about. And I can't I, wait I to order some it. of these books. Your brother's artwork is indeed, it's very tra- transcendental and very uh, cosmic, Michael. Is uh, his daughter handling his art, or how is his art being handled now? Right now, she's just collected a lot of it. A lot of it is still on Facebook. Uh, he lived in New Mexico. Uh, he had a lot of, got a lot of publicity. Uh, he never made a lot of money. That wasn't where he was. You know, it was just... He was consumed by his work. He was consumed by uh, landscapes of the universe and multiverses and string theory and quantum physics. And he wanted to uh, express all of this in his art. So I don't know that she's doing much with it, but it's you can still see it. I'm pretty sure you can still see it on Sam Del Rossi Facebook page. And uh, I know he would have been fascinated by what Ryan's doing because he started out that way. Uh, we started out making our own comic books at home. So, uh, 
I know he would have been fascinated to see some of this work, and I'm sorry he's not here to see it, but uh, he's seeing it anyway, I'm sure. So, uh, uh, yeah, that's where he is. With uh, That's where we are with that stuff right now. But this looks absolutely fascinating. I can't wait to order him. And uh, with your brother, if your niece uh, is interested, uh, Pride of Olympus, uh, we've put up the art of, like, Unarius and uh, other organizations that are cosmic. Uh, I'd love right. to occasionally put up uh, some of your brother's art and link to um, his daughter, you know, in case anybody would like to uh, utilize the art, um, you know, on products or, you know, whatever. I'll certainly let her know that. And thank you so much for that offer. I do appreciate that. Uh, I wish he was here to see the, the, these, uh, I'm looking at them here and these graphic novels because, uh, you know, that's, that's what charged his engines with stuff like this. Mine as well. And you're, you know, you just grow into it. You never go, you never grow out of it. You just grow that's into this stuff. True. Yeah, absolutely. So it's wonderful. Now we're running out of time again. We never have enough time. Uh, we're running out of time. Um, but I want to ask one more uh, quick uh, question. Um, we're moving now in the direction of mental fitness. And uh, I've had on like uh, some mental health experts, some mental health activists, some uh, uh, motivational type speakers and, and so forth. And you know, eventually that journey will uh, become as focused as our, our journey for physical culture. Um, and Michael um, is, uh, um, knows a lot about the bicameral mind. So we're going to be doing a show on the bicameral mind. Ryan, is there any aspect of uh, uh, the mental aspects of uh, um, optimal wellness that you'd like to explore through a podcast or share through a podcast? I can't think of anything at this time, but if you give me a little bit of time to dwell on it, I can certainly see if I can come up with something. Okay. Um, one of the things I've, I've noticed is that um, you are very empathetic towards where people are um, in approaching uh, physical fitness, um, and you're very willing to share your own successes and non-successes, and you're very open with uh, uh, what your particular <clears throat> challenges are. And also you're phenomenally and phenomenally with huge letters, like four stories high underlined with the life persistent. And that's a very uh, rare and important uh, quality when approaching this, uh, um, you know, arena. So uh, if you could just percolate those with whatever thoughts you have, uh, I, I'd love to hear if you come up with anything. Sure. Yeah. I, th I think we could probably do an, an entire segment just based upon that. And, uh, Michael, um, you describe the work that you do with people um, for physical fitness as uh, your ministry. And I do. That's the way I see it, uh, much like I think the way Ryan approaches it. Uh, I feel there's a compassion. I don't charge people for what I do, nothing. I charge a minimal amount of money for my little uh, uh, homegrown manuals, if you will, and that's where uh, divinity has called me, if you will. That's where the Lord calls me. Uh, and I just want to share these experiences with people, and my education in holistic medicine with people, and I consider it a ministry. So I'm not looking to make a lot of money out of this. Uh, I just, as Ryan has a compassion for his people, uh, I feel the same way. It's just compassion to lead people to another level of seeing life and growing their lives. 
so that's what I'm called to do, and uh, uh, I'm enjoying it. That is awesome. And Ryan, you spoke of mission today, and you were very uh, um, emphatic uh, in your words. And uh, um, so how about we devote our next show uh, to that feeling of uh, mission, how when you find something you know, great. You can't wait to share it with the world. And uh, even though our approaches are slightly uh, different in how we share, uh, we all consider sharing very important. Does that sound good for next time? Absolutely. Yeah, I could definitely build. I, I can do an entire segment on that. Fantastic, Michael. I also I agree. It should be very, very enlightening. Okay, we have a minute or so left. Um, would either of you like to add anything in closing? Well, I just I'm just uh, happy to meet Ryan, and he is it's exciting all of the uh, things he has to share, all of the attributes, and uh, it ignites the imagination. And as I always, I have a motto, you know, the left brain is what we need to survive. Left brain is survival mind, but right brain, creative, spiritual mind, if you will, that's who we really are. And uh, somebody like himself, who is not only into training and honing the uh, of physique in general, but also uh, igniting the mind, the creative mind. That's that's the ultimate in living. To me, that is the ultimate in being alive. So uh, that's my point for tonight. Uh, and I agree. I'm left. I'm left-handed, so, so uh, I know exactly what he's talking about about being uh, extremely right-brained. And I think anyone that uh, spends more than five minutes with me. Uh, will tell you the, that I'm very much right-brain dominant. Uh, so I'm, I'm left-handed I'm as well. <laughs> so I just want to say uh, thank you for having me on. Uh, I really appreciate it. And e- even if I've only uh, inspired one person tonight uh, to go through and make improvements of, of their lives, then this was certainly time well spent. Thank you to both of you. You are awesome Argonauts, and I'm greatly honored by uh, your friendship and your company, and I wish you well until we speak again uh, next month. Thank you for having us on. Thank you for having me on. I really do appreciate that. And thanks to our next conversation. (laughs) Me too. Uh, Thanks to all who joined us from home, and uh, until next time, this is all Wishing all of you joyous journeys and amazing adventures. Thanks for listening to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. Join us seven nights a week for exciting programming covering a variety of expressions of faith. And remember, all manifestations of the divine are equally valid.